Hello welcome. and welcome to 141 Studio. My name is Paul Cushing and I'm here with my friend, my pal, my compatriot, my partner in crime, my sore loser, Ryan Whiting. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a sore loser until right now. I kind of did that to you as a as a little. Uh, I kind of I kind of turned that around on you because oh. I thought it would just be funny if I started this because of what has happened. What happened yesterday? As, oh, um, I know. Oh, I yeah. know what this was. <laughs> Arsenal. Um, I kind of started this because I wanted to um, uh, just just come in first here and 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 beat Ryan to the punch here because it's kind of what happened yesterday. In a little bit of a way, Arsenal beat Newcastle two nil. I know we're going, we're going right in for the the kill right at the very beginning of the show here. Um, Unfortunately, something Newcastle couldn't do in the first five <laughs> minutes of the game. You hit the post. I mean, yeah. you guys had the chances. To, two to, two to two it. great chances early, and that uh, came back to bite him a little bit. I mean, that game was it was a, it, it was one of the best games of the season. If you're Raucous. if you're a Premier League, if you're a you're just a Premier League supporter. That's the kind of game you want to see more readily and more often. Um, both teams went back and forth. I would say if you're a Newcastle fan, you're excited because um, it's a sign that you're able to go punch to punch with these best, mm-hmm. the best teams in the league, and like actually go punch for punch and like take your like. It literally was two post hits. I mean, Arsenal right. hit the crossbar um, and had a couple opportunities too that were yeah. Really close, but I feel beautiful like... ball on that crossbar. Uh, Martinelli put just a beautiful ball, and if it's like an inch and a half lower, that's bar down. That's in, yeah. yeah and it's Pope crazy. knew. Pope knew as soon as hey, he was yeah. like, "I'm done." It's he's like, "Nothing I can do about this one." <laughs> yeah, anyway, so we're gonna hear. We're gonna talk about Arsenal Newcastle. We're gonna talk about that game and what the futures hold, and a possibility of of Arsenal somehow pipping Manchester City to the title. I mean, it's 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 still grim, of course, but I mean. Crazier things have happened in the Premier League title races, and and um, there's still an opportunity. I would say, uh, of all the things that Arsenal um, have shown, is that they're going to fight to the very end, and that's all you can really ask for of a team. And the thing is, is they really never had a terrible run of form. They just no. had like an indifferent run of form, and yeah. for a team like Manchester what, City, two draws in a row, and that three was draws enough. and a loss, and all it takes is one of those runs to be devoured by a, 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 a you know heat seeking missile monster robot whatever you want to call it i believe machine. trent alexander arnold said that once they start going they don't stop no. I mean, he would know because he's felt them behind him he called them a juggernaut and They're, that yeah. seems apropos i'm the juggernaut bitch yeah <laughs> there's nothing that can stop him when he starts moving and that's man city that's Man City. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If everyone knows that that uh, that reference. It's a, it's a really ter- like probably like old and old YouTube reference. I would say at this. No, point. that's. I mean, yeah, it, it's from the X Men movie, which yeah. was kind of a big deal twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about like cartoons and. No, no. This is this was um this was live action. This was uh. Oh, I was just thinking that, that what I saw it was from a cartoon, and there's this guy, and he's just like he's like the man. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Like I'll do what I want. Like is is and it was. I mean, it's awful, but it was just one of those things that I still <laughs> remember in the top of my head. And when you brought up juggernaut, that's all I could think about is Manchester coming, Manchester City coming in and be like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. You can't stop me. I'm too yeah, big, I'm too powerful. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. All right. Anyway. <laughs> So let's talk about this game. This was a great. This was this was an excellent game. 
This I I as a neutral like is as being objective. This was mm-hmm. one of the more fun games I was able. We were like anyone was able to watch, and if you're looking for a game of soccer in general, this is the kind type of game you want to watch on a consistent basis. This yeah. is just two teams, just like irrespective of control, um, just going at it. It was so it was two kind of middleweight boxers, right? Right. Who both know that they're not going to get knocked out by like one single punch from the other guy. Right. Knowing that they're going to throw bombs the whole fight. And they did. Both teams threw just absolute haymakers at each other. Uh, Nobody literally, but, you know, kind of metaphorically. And it, you know, it it was back and forth. It was very tight. It was very physical. And yet there was still like, it could have been five, three and it would have been like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Like either. We, and you know, like it could have been a game where it could have been two, two, it could have been three, two yeah. man, New, Newcastle could have been five, two Arsenal could have been five, three Arsenal could have yeah. been a, a, a whole list of results. I mean, I heard Stevie Nichols say it could have been seven, five, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. like it just felt like that kind of game where it's just like one team stopped attacking. And this was one of those games too, where Arsenal, Never, like, of all the games that um, Arsenal have played, they've been in control, I would say, about 90% of the games, and this yeah. was not one of them. Even though, like, they won the game, I would never say they had, like, control of the match from the beginning. No. Uh, Newcastle took a hold of it, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, like, Newcastle had control of periods of the game, much like Arsenal, but it was never, like, one team was in full control and the other team. Like, it's not like Arsenal scored... Um, I mean, sco- Arsenal scored essentially two times on the counter, in a way, but... Yeah. Well, I was going to say both teams' chan- best chances were were counter attacks, and yeah. they both knew it too. Yeah. So they were that's how they were playing. Everything was going to be like mucked up, and then whoever actually got the ball just went forward as quickly as possible to try and you know catch lightning. Right, right. And I think both teams, um, I think both teams, I think both teams were excellent. Um, with regards to how, like, just like their verve and like wanting to go for it, right? Was there was a lot of bravery, teams, like <laughs> in this and game. How, yeah, like both teams, they just decided, like, you know what? Let's just let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Let's take a chance here. And in they, there was this was a physical game. This is probably one of the most physical games, even with its technical quality that I've yeah. seen in a while in the Premier League. It wasn't like over the line where it was. Um, I felt like dirty in any way, but it was just a very like uh, expect to be hit expect oh, yeah. to take a challenge for two it's going to get left in a little bit if yeah. they if they can catch you with the ball on your feet like you're you're going to feel guys out there you know and uh i would like to take this opportunity to address my enemies i'm i'm just kidding your but enemies i hmm? yeah i have heard a lot about um the dirty hits that came out from from newcastle and like I hear what you're saying. I understand that you are upset that you are getting knocked around by by large men because Newcastle is a very large side. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... I mean, it was clearly the game plan and I don't think it was terribly over the top. Mm-hmm. I know Arsenal can sometimes be a little... Uh, I don't want to... like. If I was being uncharitable, I'd say soft, but I think it's more they're just they've had that go poorly for them before, right? Which I think you might you might 
expand upon here in in a minute, but yeah. it like it was just it was just you're a proper hey you're you're gonna get kicked. You go by a guy, you might get kicked. If you if you hold onto the ball too long, you're you're probably gonna get bodied. It's if you want to make the play, you're gonna have to pay for it. And I, I'm not opposed to that in football. It's part of what made the match kind of as dynamic and fun as it was in a way yeah i, I think for as a, as an arsenal fan who's seen teams use the physical side to take arsenal out of games this is this is now like 15 to 20 years now mm-hmm. of watching arsenal play like consistently watching arsenal play this is this is why i think arsenal fans get very touchy about really physical teams and newcastle is one of them i think newcastle oh, yeah. besides brentford and maybe maybe liverpool liverpool have been as physical over the years um over the last couple of years but generally historically liverpool, yeah liverpool at least in in the Klopp era has been a pretty physical side or at least oh, like yeah. physically dominating get get ready for it cuz they're it's big boys it's i, I, I see the size of that lineup they're coming back anyways so the thing is is that over the last 15 years arsenal like teams have come to Arsenal and said, we're not even gonna, like, this is a thing. This is, I will say this is a difference between this Newcastle, like Newcastle and other teams that have come in and been physical is that mm-hmm. Newcastle had tried to play in, in this, like tried to play after. Yeah. These other teams just wanted to be physical because they knew that if they couldn't kick them off the park, they weren't going to be able to play with them. Right. And there has been serious injury because of it. I mean, oh, yeah. real serious injury because of it. And are like, I think there's a lot of like, uh, trauma and triggering with regards to it. And you lose Aaron Ramsey, you lose, um, uh, you lose Aaron Ramsey for almost two years. You lose Eduardo. Essentially, that was his career when he had his horror leg breaking against Birmingham yeah. City in two thousand eight. You have, um, you just have like these things that have occurred that cause a lot of like flashbacks of the past. Yeah. And you see, you know, Dan Byrne come in really late on Sokka and you're like, oh, please don't let this happen again. Like, come on, you know, and 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 I hate this is the thing I hate is that like Twitter wants to attack Arsenal or like, you know, Arsenal players for like constantly going at the referee. And I'm like, guys. It's not just Arsenal. It's everyone. Oh, they every, everybody do does. It. It. All the yeah, teams yeah. do it. Bruno Fernandez is like notoriously like I would say he's probably the worst about it, you know, and it may be the world, you know, and I think people people want to go after Arsenal because they're winning and they're winning games and they 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 do talk to the referee. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not saying that they're they're um oh, not the doing it. Chelsea teams were awful, awful about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's around him. Barcelona in that yeah. age, that or that first Pep era, yeah. oh my god, they were awful. They they were I mean, they won games sometimes because of the way that they and they're starting. You're you're starting to see some of these like you know like little payments things here and there with the referees and stuff. This this weird. could be ser- weird. All of a sudden <laughs> you're like, oh, now I know why they won that game at Chelsea in the Champions League in the yep. quarter. Ooh, I shouldn't say that. That was too far. Huh. Ooh, we're I just gonna we're gonna that. move by it or, or, it or right not. past it. Talk your shit. Talk it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, I didn't even bring up the Arsenal game. The the Van Persie red card. 10 years or 11 years ago. Oh, yeah, no, but that that's a Messi game, though. That's a... No, but here's the thing, is that Arsenal were winning in the tie. They were yep. up 3-2 uh, to two in the tie, and there was a offside call, and uh, Van Persie didn't hear the whistle, and he, mm. hits, a, he hits a shot, like, oh, right after, and, and he gives him a, a second card. yellow. Yeah, and he gets a red card, and you're like, you've got to be kidding me, right? That like, should never be a be a red card. And the way that they were playing, Arsenal were playing in that game, like, maybe Messi gets those two goals, but if you're yeah. playing 11 v. 11, maybe you don't. Yeah. And you move on. 
You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. I you know, that to me is I actually we can use this as a great segue to two referees. There's a moment in this match, um, and yes, I'm about to to talk about the non penalty. And as a Newcastle United fan, I think it's a phenomenal job by the player to make it a non penalty. He actively tries very hard to get his arm out of the way and his thigh up. Like kudos to him. Right. Don't call it. Don't call it. Don't go to VAR because Newcastle have had every advantage so they far. They had the in momentum that in that moment, and uh, in that moment, they were just down a goal. I mean, no, like, they they're not even. That's earlier. That was, than no, the, no, that was at the end of the that half. Was, oh, okay, that okay. was the end of the half. They yep. were they were building momentum again, though. Absolutely, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And it just like it kills the attack. It kills the momentum. The crowd kind of gets flat after it, and it just. Just don't call it or have a way like where VAR can be checking it while the game is still going on and being like, hey, guys, we got to stop. Right, right. There's a penalty that must be done. Right. Right. And that and you can you don't even have to have the ref look at it. I don't know why the ref has to look at it. You have a guy with the ever present eye in the sky who can make that decision. Right, 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 right. I agree. And it's it's just we're. I don't know, man. It's protecting the the pride of the referees, I guess. It should be a team. I don't think the primary referee has to be the only one that can make these decisions. I think there's probably a system where, like, if you want VAR to actually work, just let that guy make the call. He has the he has the ability. He has all the angles, right? I don't know. That it just it was a like again it was the right call to be overturned. I just don't think that they should have ever made the call to begin with. Here's the here's my thing about this too is this is like a v this is like a general VAR thing for me. This is like a there needs much like in baseball where they have the pitch clock and it's kind of transformed baseball in a way. Yeah, it's doing great. It's actually one of those uh, uh, kind of veering off a little bit, but my point is is that I think there needs to be a time. There needs to be a time clock, uh, or at least a clock of some sort on, on VAR. The VAR. Yeah, yeah, because I think what happens is that they they slow things down too much. They try to like try to do all these things. I think what it needs to be is that you get those guys in the the thing. They get like one minute, it, like where like they don't have to pause the game. Mm-hmm. Like the the game can keep moving, but if something comes up and occurs, then they can stop the game, no matter irrespective of what really happens. Like, yeah. and they can go back to it now. If it's if the ball is out of play, obviously they can pause for ten or fifteen seconds and right. do the thing, and, and he can l- just look at it. And, and here's the thing: yeah. you get one minute, get it done, get over there, get thirty seconds, and then yep. it's ninety seconds in total, and then it's over. Because the yeah. thing is, is that I think it takes too long. I think they take four, five, six minutes sometimes. Everybody can catch their breath, reset. You know, yeah, whatever I, advantages or disadvantages were at play in the game in many ways reset right everybody can just get back sit there chat and be like or hey maybe man they you don't gotta- even allow the referee to go to the monitor it's like all right like this is the call we're gonna give it like this is what we're gonna give like you like uh we'll talk about like it, it it's very clearly this we're gonna we're gonna ask you to change that call here now it does um open up like weird things that can happen because you're just going from the booth right to the to the yeah. thing, but the thing is, is like you're already doing that anyways, right? So you like just, you learn to live with it. So for me, it's it's. I just think it's time to modernize VAR a little bit. Yeah, if we're gonna have it, 
I'm someone who doesn't care for it. I still he don't wants care it for to it. go. I think that we just don't need. I think the goal lines on the field to yeah look at it. Goal lines. I think goal goal opportunity like goals mm-hmm. like if making sure that those cross the line, the the offside thing, which is now becoming very clean. It's yeah. like it's getting that's to the point where quick. it's yeah, they're, yeah, they're doing that now. pretty well. Yeah, and it's pretty much in live time, which is great. That's that's all you can ask for. Right. And then like anything, I'd say any penalty like penalties, making yeah. sure that it's not honest to god penalty cuz there's right. usually like a little bit of time between like the time that the ball gets put down and all of that. Sure, like make sure that that's all set and then right. set the penalty up. And I'm I'm doing a quick workshopping in my head. Like even if you want the main referee who is handling the on the on the pitch things to make the call you can have the var guy kind of excuse me have the var guy basically be like hey man um this is kind of 50 50 it can go either way you can do whichever you'd like right right like you know it's i would i would say give him the pen you can decide not to. It will be totally justified, right? You can say that right in the earpiece. He can make his decision. It almost makes me wonder if, like, the, the thing, the thing. This is gonna sound crazy. It's like it's almost like you like want them to have like something on their wrist. Just a little watch. Yeah, they have those watches, but like I just an wonder, Apple Watch. Like, yeah, like yeah, and you just like hey, like look at this right now and look at it yep. in real time. Yeah, you can just see it. And you can be like, yeah, you can just see it and you can be like, yeah, yeah. I guess that is a pen. Cool, I'll give it. Yeah. Right. And, and or that's whatever. easy yeah, enough. Yeah. Or, or it's, yeah, it just feels like, I don't know. I just feel like at this point. We have the technology to make this significantly smoother. Yeah. I I, I just hate the wasting of time because it's, kill, yeah. I think it kills the game. Speaking of wasting time, Eddie Howe had a really interesting response to a question that was asked of him. And he said, uh, Arsenal did like a good job wasting time it always favors the away team. And a lot of people read into that like, oh, Eddie Howe is being um, hypocritical because Newcastle always wastes time. And I actually read it a different no, no, way. I think he knows exactly. I think right. I don't think he's being I don't think he's being hypocritical. No, he's like, I think no. he I think he was actually crediting Yeah. Um, he was like, no, they had a great game Arsenal. plan. Worked yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he was he was I think what he was saying, he would have done the same thing. Oh, if, absolutely. Ar- if Newcastle In a 2-0 against Arsenal, <laughs> yeah. he would have done the same exact thing. It doesn't yeah, it, it's not going to change. Yeah. And Arteta knows that too. Like when you complain about it because you can't do it yourself. <laughs> right. It's not it's a lot of times when you're complaining. And now don't get me wrong, I think time wasting in in soccer is a is a problem. It is a looming it, a looming it, crisis. It's yeah. going to be something that needs to be fixed because like teams yeah. waste too much time throwing the ball in, they waste too much time on free kicks, mm-hmm. they waste too much time doing these things and overall the entire game, yeah, it needs to change in yeah. my opinion. But it's I think that it was just a, a game recognizing game and yeah. I actually Oh yeah. Eddie Howe had a really good game plan for the beginning of the game, beginning of the match, and Arteta adapted to it and you know how adapted to that and it was a pretty good back and forth that the managers both had. Right. And I think there was a definitely a little bit of respect in in what he was saying at the end of that, that match. Right. Where he was just like, nah man, he he had a great game. They they did great. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think <sighs> I. It was a. I think it's the thing is okay. So we're talking about the future of both these teams. Yeah, it feels like both of these teams are going to be top four. Oh yeah, I, consistently I, over the next four or five years. Like I think if they miss out, it's because they've either had a ton of injuries or they've had a terrible start to the season or something has occurred that 
that yeah. they couldn't necessarily control, you know. And it's it'll be interesting to see the moves that are made for both sides. I know you want to go get Declan Rice. I'm fairly certain we also would like to go get Declan Rice. Something it, tells me that Declan Rice will be an Arsenal player before the end of the summer. I, and I and this is the other thing I'm going to quickly say too. Zubamendi yeah. from Real Sociedad is another guy that they're looking at and it looks like reality is going to be is that he will be an Arsenal player fairly shortly. I would say like as soon as the transfer window opens, I think you're going to see Zubamendi like as an Arsenal player. I think it's probably already done at this point. But I'm not saying it is reality. I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened. But I'm just this is like it's it's it is looking like well in the works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I ahead. will say the difference between these two teams and the thing that Newcastle United will most likely look at. Both goalkeepers were great. There was kind of really only one difference in the first half between these two sides, and it was that one of these teams had Martin Odegaard. And Newcastle does not have a player of Odegaard's profile. No. Or, and I love Bruno Grimoresh. He's not this kind of player, right? He is, he is a different kind of guy. They do not have a guy of Odegaard's quality. Possibly Isak in the future, but he's not right now. And that was, there was a, a significant moment in this match where you're watching it and you're like, Odegaard is kind of the only player for Arsenal that's really playing well. And I think both teams were mitigating each other in many ways, right. which is why that was happening. Right. But Odegaard could rise above it. This was his kind of match, where it's right. tight, where it's tough, and he has the ability to navigate that. He's also... Odegaard is, is just one of these guys that, to me, like, he... You know, people want to consider him to be, like, the next... Um, De Bruyne, and I don't think he's De Bruyne. Honestly, I think he's a different type of player. But he's like the next, like he's like the next great midfielder. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. And um, he's, it's because I got, um, he's a great. He's like the next guy to me because the thing is, is that Arteta's he's going to continue to grow. And the thing is, is he's going to change. So he's got 15 goals this season for a midfielder, yeah. which is crazy number. Hollowed company. That's There's, like Lampard company. I think if he scores one more goal, he will score. Have scored more goals um, in open play. Like he scores another goal in open play. Another more goals in open play than any other midfielder in Premier League history. Yes, big deal. Like, yeah. and, and it, he doesn't have the assist that De Bruyne has, but I think Odegaard has been. It's been required for Odegaard to score more. So. Um, in the system that they're playing, they need a lot of guys to score goals at right. Arsenal, which is fine. It's, it's totally very cool. egalitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I think uh, this is one of those things that, um, Something as like you'll that. see as time goes on, like you might see Odegaard's goals go down, but you'll they might have a goal scorer who scores like thirty-five to forty goals, and you go, oh, he's got like eighteen assists this year, because right. he has that ability too. He can do all of it. Oh but, yeah, and he's like, but he's a different player than uh, De Bruyne. De Bruyne is like. De Bruyne is a big-bodied ball carrier with phenomenal ball striking skills. Yeah, like he's they're different. Like Odegaard's like a little like tricky, likes to like play find tight space. with small, yeah, fine space, can score from deep, can score from inside the box, can do all kinds of things and and um yeah, I'm going to use a, very different. a forced basketball metaphor. Yeah. De Bruyne is a guy who 
like can shoot kind of from anywhere and moves the ball super effectively. He's like Chris Paul, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Odegaard is a guy who doesn't need space. He makes the space. He's like, and this is kind of shitty, a Kyrie Irving, where it's like, well, I'm covered, but I'm still going to hit this layup anyway, man. Like, you're all over me. Do not care. And that's a, like, it's a different kind of player. And it is a very interesting, like, he doesn't have to find the space. He makes the space, which is finding the space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he creates a lot of space um, um, as well. Um, yeah. Well, no, that's that's. Yeah. Even when he's covered, he can get himself some some. He's he just yeah. knows where to be, and he create he knows how to create like um, dynamics with players too. Like he creates like these very tough dynamics with so the defenders have a really hard time of controlling him, and he reads the game so so well. Same thing with De Bruyne. They both. I would say the 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 main comparison that they both have is they're both excellent readers of the game. Excellent readers of the game. I just think they go about it in very different ways, you know. And I, they, uh, someone brought it up is that that Odegaard's going to be the spiritual heir to De Bruyne. And I would say of all the things to say, I think that is definitely true because I think Odegaard's going to have seasons where he has fifteen to eighteen assists, but he's just going to do it. He's not going to do it on the counter like De Bruyne does. He's not going to have this like. He's going to do it just differently, but he's going to have those those seasons where is that, it that happens. fair to say he's going to be the spiritual successor to Xavi? Is that a more a more clean comparison? Odegaard reminds me more of David Silva, oh, like okay, you yeah. know, like that good, kind of player. Call. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the kind of guy he is. Like he's the next David Silva. Yeah, you know, like and uh, like I think honestly, Arsenal are looking for like Xavi or yeah, they're looking Some, for a someone Xavi in the midfield that can make just all of those attacks. And honestly, Zin- Zinchenko is kind of that guy. Yeah, he kind of does that, but it's. I think they're just looking for a little more dynamism, and that's why I think the Declan Rice and the Zubamendi and guess who else is also in talks right now? Like not not they're not in talks with, but like who's being talked about? Rodrigo? No, Mason Mount. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's on the block. You can go get him. I think if if Arsenal somehow sign those yeah. players i think like they still need a center back but they may not need a striker because yeah. all of those players can score goals and create and do all kinds of things and i think you'll only get one amount or uh or rice because the other one's going to go to one of these other big premier right. league unless sides. they sell unless they sell um jaka and Partey. yeah you know like you can't have them all obviously i get right that. but i mean it's one of those things like you sign all three of those guys like i, I just think that crazy uh, midfield yeah mount and um rice are like the price for these guys as soon as we get into the summer is just going to start going up because everybody's going to go in with an offer i think i think it's going to be like 80 for declan rice for sure yeah and, and i think zubamendi will be it's like i think the release clause for zubamendi because la liga owns or like has like rights to the like they like have settled numbers for release yeah. clauses yep. if they don't have it in the contract and it's like 54 Mm-hmm. So they're, I think that is pretty much done and dusted. I think Arsenal yeah. are going to start they trigger the release because they did with Partey. They're going to oh, yeah. trigger it and move on, and not even think about it. Right, which is which is fine. Uh, I don't think. I mean, there have been times where La Liga doesn't love this, but most of the right. time, if you trigger the release clause, they're like, "Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we needed the money. Yeah, and and yeah. those La Liga teams know how to develop players and yeah. do the whole thing. So. It's it's just part of how they how they operate. Um. So when we're talking about the future, we're, we've just did a whole thing on Odegaard because I I was watching him and he like that's what Newcastle needs. We need a guy like Odegaard. Um, mm. 
and we have some really good players like you saw Alan St. Maximin who can be a very creative player but he's a winger he's not that making everything go kind of guy that Newcastle will probably be looking to bring in so like Mason Mount or um, Madison maybe from from Leicester who's not quite like I guess really what we need is that big true star but not the big true star that like is getting run out of Paris right now you I know don't, I don't I, think Neymar, that's the one. he's what 31 yeah I, it's not it's it won't be Neymar it's not yeah. gonna be James Madison's 28 I think he's, you know I think we looked at he's 26 I know he's a little bit older than I thought because I thought he was only 23, 24, but I think he's only like like 26, 25, 26. Let's see. And I love Big Dan Byrne, and Big Dan Byrne is going to be on this side for a, for a long time. Yeah. But a left back would be nice. A guy who can nice. actually put a put a cross in <laughs> would be would be nice because they just they let Dan Byrne overlap and they never pass to him. They're just like, nah, it's because he's good. not an overlap. He's he's a center defender. Yeah, and, like they need to. He did a. They did an interesting thing with him and uh, and Saka because his job was pretty much like you know kind of be kind of be rough on him, but they also would have somebody cover in behind, and Big Dan Byrne would would tuck inside, would essentially mm-hmm. drift to the central. Defense, and they'd either have Botman or the midfielder who is who is currently over there because they rotate quite a bit. Um, try and cover and actually get out on Saka. And there was only one time I saw where I was like, "Oh man, you guys got to get this ball to Saka. He's going to cause problems." And he just never did. the uh, The midfielder held on to the ball for too long. But it was they they did do a, I think a pretty good job of like on what should have been a weakness, Saka on Burn doing a really good job of not letting that. That uh, dominated really the whole because yeah. I mean Saka. I mean Saka is. I mean he had a pretty good. I thought Saka had a pretty good game. Yeah, he was. Part. He's always. I always feel like Saka always always is like a seven, yeah. and then he can go to a nine or a ten. Yeah, like because he's just the thing is is he causes so many problems just because of how direct he is, and he doesn't care which way he goes. Like you don't right. like you can't just be like oh well, he's gonna cut inside. He's like no he doesn't care. He'll go to he go he'll go to the touch line a lot too, and just cause. Just cause little mistakes and stuff, and he knows how to ride challenges. Like he, yep. he can ride Dan Byrne. He doesn't. Oh, yeah. he is, he's not afraid to do that. No, know? he's 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 all right with it. He knows his job. It, in a lot of ways, and I use this all the time when talking about Pulisic. Yeah, where he gets the ball and it's warning sirens. That's Saka. Anytime he gets the ball, the entire defense immediately understands they're in trouble. Yeah, it does not matter what they do; it can still go poorly. The thing that's scary is that Saka's twenty. Yeah, and. Uh, He's gonna be even better. Same thing with Martinelli. Yeah. Martinelli's twenty one, I think, or twenty or twenty one. Yeah, like Mar- this and is Martinelli is another. I he's one of those guys. Martinelli could potentially end up as just a very good player and not like a truly great one. But he's got enough of tools in the toolbox that if if it all comes together and he became one of the best players in the world, like you, you wouldn't be surprised. I think, I think he will. I think this development is starting to happen. And I think you're going to see next year, see the Saka and Martinelli thing is going to mm-hmm. go another level next year. And I honestly, I think like, even if Arsenal don't win the title, um, this year, like it's coming, it's going to either happen yeah. next year or the year after, because I'm uh, man city, like with a little bit more depth, man city, aren't going to be able to keep, I think w- 
the, just because of how good both Sokka and Martinelli are right now and their most likely improvement over the next couple of years because they're going to be stronger and a little bit faster and a little bit... They're, it's going to be hard to keep up with them because they're yeah. going to score a ton of goals. A ton of goals. I think so. Two things. Um, one, I have a higher potential kind of on Sokka because I think in many ways Sokka's still... Like, he's getting by on just being incredibly athletic and tricky. And obviously, he has a very good understanding of the of the game. But I think that is where he can still kind of grow. Because a lot of times, he's just, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm just oh, going to do it. I think it. he knows exactly what he's doing. I think I think he knew. I think... I think, I think there are I other think ways he can know exactly what he's doing, think, which he will pick up. Well, I think the other thing is, too, I think there's other ways in which he can be paired up with. Like yeah. I think um, Odegaard has helped him a lot, but I think yeah. there's going to be other players that are going to make him better around him. And I think this is like the Martinelli and Jesus thing because they pair up really well. Because Martinelli can slide in and they Jesus just, can like flow out and do the whole thing. Other. And yeah. um, something tells me, um, something tells me that they're going to find other ways to get him. See, the thing yeah. is, is he's on the wing now. It wouldn't surprise me. In like a year or two that he's going to be more playing inside than playing outside. And I think this is like one of those things, like he's great on the outside, but I think he's going to be a better central player when he's 25, 24, 25. And this is like years down the road, but right now he's a great wing player because he has these little skills and things like that, but he's going to be a better inside player. He's going to score a ton of goals and have a ton of assists, and he's going to be like scary, scary good. And and I'm not going to be one to say that Arsenal is doing anything incorrectly. I'm saying that a a larger, more physical presence at the center of the attack probably makes Sokka a little bit, kind of like Harry Kane with Sokka, right? Because he plays plays very well. in England, like Sokka ends up just being able to kind of play off of Harry Kane. Right. And he gets to incredibly dangerous areas because Harry Kane's just going to stand in the middle there and you're like, well, we can't let him be free or even one-on-one with somebody. Right. And, you know, I think I think a player of that profile ends up helping him be able to drift inside and get to those dangerous spots just by opening up that little pocket of space. That's all he needs. We've right, seen right, him right. score. And the thing goals is, is I do there. think like uh, I do think a striker is something they're going to look at in the summertime. Um, even though they have Fuller and Balogun, who's going to come back from loan, uh, he, he actually could be the guy that that does. I mean, because he's, he's kind he's, of like he's like a super solid, strong. He's not he's, big, big, he's but six, he's six one, six two. Though he's a pretty. Uh, but he's not guy. like this like he's not your typical like right he's um, not 220 <laughs> he's not like this like like it's just he's just an interesting player because he's not elite in any sort of skill set but he's really really good in all of them and he he might be the best he might be the best finisher of them all yeah now i'm wondering if that will affect how they play if they have him in the well there's there's the your assists which could potentially be because he's he finds space my understanding find space to go co-score goals and i think odegaard can find him mm-hmm. in the in that space but uh pulling it back looking at the premier league you said that arsenal is going to win a title at some point in the next couple of years i agree yeah yeah and i want to kind of state my belief i think winning the title in the premier league is maybe going to become the hardest thing in the entirety of football, right? So I think there are going to be five teams in the next couple of years 
in the Premier League that are probably going to be like I don't know somewhere from one through seven in the top ten. Like, because you're going to have Newcastle, mm-hmm. which play incredibly well right now and are only going to get more investment. You have Arsenal, young, threatening, dynamic. Manchester City, uh, they're the juggernaut Pat, bitch. Yeah. Liverpool, which are about to become a very large, scary team to play against again. again. Like, they're they're very big. Like, Newcastle's big. But I'm, I've been watching Liverpool, and they're going to dominate teams physically. And it, from what I hear, the, the midfield moves that they're planning on making, there's Gravenberch, there's, uh, there's uh, who else was it? Mason Mount was another guy. Yeah. Um, Tyler Adams, I've heard. Like, Tyler Adams isn't a big guy, but he's a monster. He's like, right. just a physical monster. T- Tyler Adams is going to one of these big sides yeah. we're about to talk about. Anyway. Manchester United. Who have, uh, they're going to, they're a couple years away, but yeah. Right, but like, but if they're we're gonna, looking two, three make years down difficult. the line. And then there's Tottenham. Yeah. And then there's Tottenham. <laughs> no, Tottenham aren't in my six. I would think Austin Villa are going to be more of a problem in the title race than than Tottenham. Um, and I just, I mean, honestly, for Tottenham's sake, I think it's okay to be in the mid-table. Just reinvest and rebuild with younger players that are going to get back to the top. If you don't want to spend the money, that's fine. Understand that you need to... Right. To recycle what you're doing right uh but like you're gonna have these mid-table teams like i mean brentford still doing pretty good like i know chelsea chelsea's in 13th right now but guess what they spent 200 million dollars and they're gonna do it again here's the thing and the thing is too is that all it takes is one um one one coach to turn that into a juggernaut again because they oh. uh, they have all the talent there. It's oh, not yeah. like the talent's not there. They do need center center back um, help, but uh, they have they have Pochettino coming in. I believe is that like the thing? I, I think that's a mistake. I still think. I mean, to me, it's got to be Deserby in my opinion. It's got to be Deserby. But I, I don't think Deserby wanted to leave. I think he still wants to. He wants to make through. Brighton a thing. You think yeah. you think he wants to turn that? I mean, well, they I, got I think thrashed, if he, by the way today five one to by Everton, but. I think he just wants another year with those guys to see what else he can learn about the Prem before he tries to go to one of the larger teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I believe it's, I think it's Pochettino because he's already been talking about like, uh, no, I really want Pulisic to stay. He's he's kind of like one of the reasons I'm going to to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So it's a, which we only care about because we're American, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's, there's like, legitimately eight or nine teams that I would say could play almost any team in the world and have a, a good shot at them. Right. Like, if Bayern Munich was to show up at any of these grounds tomorrow, I think it's going to be a game. Austin Villa's not going to roll over and die. I mean, Chelsea is, but Chelsea's been dead for months now. And they'll be back. It's never going to take very long for Chelsea to be back. So when you start going eight deep and realizing that, you know, a couple of these teams aren't going to make Europe or the Champions League, it that gets tight. It gets tight at the top. And I think you'll actually see the number of points needed to win in the Champions League, or I'm sorry, in, in the Premier League, being lower than it used to be. We're already kind of seeing it right now. Nobody's going to get 100 points, and I think it's going to start dropping lower and lower. The more you think it'll these... be like back in the 80s again, like it used to be, like in like the early 2000s, because it was like 80 plus. Yep. Um... It's so the money in the Premier League is a lot. More importantly, 
all of these smaller teams get access to the same kinds of information that right. these larger teams have now. And they right. can take, like, they don't, they're not bringing in star players. They're right. bringing in guys who can be star players. And there'll be higher variants on that, but right. they're getting smarter about it than they've ever been. And they're going to start identifying they already are. This is why some of these teams that historically aren't super great are up in the, like, upper right. mid card right now. Right. Like, and it's, that's just going to stay true in the Premier League. The the analytics revolution has, has come to the Premier League, and that's, along with the money, one of the reasons why so many of, the, so many of these teams are successful. Happened in Italy. All the teams that are good in Italy are the ones who embraced kind of the analytical side of yeah, things. Yeah, technology and right. all That's, of that. Yeah. Uh, Roma in the early, like in like 2008 through 2012. Oh, this is really the, the you're talking by. about the, uh, what's it called? The Spalletti years with the lack of striker, like the striker's formation yep. and Tati playing as like a number nine, 10 sort of thing. And they, they scored a yep. ton of goals. They should have won a title. They didn't do it. But yep. yeah, I know what you're when talking about. When they, they uh, identified uh, Salah from... Oh, in the late 2010s, yeah, they yeah. from uh, Chelsea. From Chelsea, at, at they the were time. like, this guy is a monster. He's just not being used right. We bring him in, he'll be great. And they get him for basically nothing. And guess what? He's great. Like, you and, know, he that, was, and his speed, like people didn't realize how fast he was until he started playing consistently. And Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it was just, it was good analyzing and scouting. And it's these top teams and these middle teams are all doing are all doing that. It's why Chelsea's in 13th, right? Most years before this, even though they're kind of a dumpster fire with their construction, they have enough talent mm-hmm. that they'd still be sitting in 8th. Right, right. You just can't get away with that anymore in the Prem. Oof. No, you can't. You can't. I was thinking about... You can't just throw money in the Prem anymore. Too. Yeah. Like the, the money thing has got to go. Like if you're smart, if you are a team that has money, be be aware that it doesn't matter if you have money or not. Chelsea is a great example of this. Right. Even like like the German league is a great example of like not having money but able to compete consistently. Yeah. To me, like they won the Europa League last year. They always ha- seem to have a team in the semifinal of the Champions League. Two through six usually don't spend a ton of money, but they're but they're good. They're well built. Bayern, Bayern don't go crazy spending money. Like they like they have had like higher release clauses recently, but for the most part, they don't spend a ton of money. Right. Like they also have an ethos as well. Um, and for me, that's kind of a big deal too. It's like you actually don't need to spend money to be great. You no. just need to be smart about what you do and how you do it. And you need to have a system in place. So, like, some people see analytics differently. Like, numbers can tell you a million different things. So, if you decide that you're going to play a specific way, like, find those players and play that way, right? Right. So, like, Arteta, even though Arteta and Pep look for similar players, they're not exactly the same type of players. Right. You know, like, there are things that Arteta wants to exploit that Pep doesn't necessarily want to exploit. And and so they, they actually have slight differences in the players that they want consistently. And it's, you know, we've t- been talking about it, but Manchester City are changing what they're looking for. They are actively growing. That's a big tenet of what Pep does. You, right. You know, right. you only have three, four years with any given any given team. You have to figure out what it's going to be next because nobody wants to play the same way all the time. Right. 
Right. And and they are changing. They're I mean, they're the most dangerous team in the world on the counterattack right now. Like if they get you in a counterattack, hey man, it's already over. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> right. They they scored they scored as soon as that started. Right. And it's you know, they don't get a ton of chances, but but all you need is a couple of chances to score goals. Right. And like look at Brighton. Brighton's a great example of a team that um that has invested smartly and uh created lots of chances and 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 control games for the most part. They did get leveled today. They lost 5-1 to Everton, but you're talking about an Everton team that's desperate, right? And needs to stay up in order for them to exist. Yeah. So, like when and you're by in and large uh, Brighton, I don't think cared. I mean, like they're kind of I mean, of... XG wise had more XG than Everton. It's just that Everton the uh, Calvert guess who played today for Everton? <laughs> Is it is it Calvert Lewin? He played today, and guess what? They won. Yeah, he's like a, he's their most important player at this point. Like if he plays, he plays. They they have a chance to win the game, and and he's so valuable, so valuable for that team. That's why you know, like you hear like some of those top teams looking at him and wanting mm-hmm. to buy him, but he just can't stay healthy for long periods of time, and so that's why he's not hasn't made that big move yet. Yeah. How many Premier League Premier League level players do you think Everton are starting right now? Five. Yeah, five or six, maybe that's, max. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. They have a lot of they 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 have a large transition to make. They do, I, yeah. I, and I would say they probably do have eleven. They just need to get they need to find the dice players to yeah. make it. They, essentially, next year is about making it making it into the new stadium as a Premier League team. Do you think Dice is going to be there next yes, year? Yes, he will be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I if you're Everton, yes, absolutely, because right. he knows how to he knows how to get the points without money. He did and, it at Burnley for years. He and he has more money in Everton, even with them having no money, than he than he did. I think he'll he'll I think he's gonna make some smart investments and if I if I'm if I'm him, I sign Chris Wood, find a way to sign Chris Wood from what is it, Nottingham he's at Nottingham Forest now. Uh, Weston McKenney's going to be available. He's a Dacian kind of player. I would say like any I would say whatever you can afford. Like yeah. I mean, he's gonna have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel because the thing is, is that they're not gonna be able to sign anyone. They owe 150 million dollars coming up this year. That's pretty yeah. much your Premier League payment. Like what I think they receive 180 million dollars a season or something like that. And 180, yeah. So like they owe that essentially all that money's going to pay pay back the loan that they owe. Yep. And so if I'm if I'm Everton and I'm Sean Dyche, I go okay. What players can I what players can I release yep. or like let go? And yeah, who can still, I sell? And then... who can I bring in that will have a similar quality and have us earn the amount of points that we need? Because the thing is, is next year it's about forty. It's not yeah. about being yeah. a top ten team. It's about let's make it to forty. Then when you make it to the new stadium, you earn more revenue. Yeah. Then you can start to grow. It's like these are like the little things that they're going to have to do right now. Essentially rebuilding from the bottom up again. Uh, I do believe Chris Wood and John Joe Shelby are both loans, and they are presumably available for relatively cheap at and Newcastle on a loan. Uh, yeah. if you're Everton, I would. I would if your team. We're gonna. Yeah. All right. So the the Nottingham Forest Southampton game just ended. What four, happened? Four three. And a four three was a wild game. Who wait? Who four three Nottingham Forest? Okay, because they were up three one, and then you said four three, and my eyes got all big. Oh, I was like, oh man! Like, oh, they're going, and so it, essentially, this was is Southampton going down. Yeah, that that's it for them. There are three games remaining. Uh, oh man, here we go. Yeah, we got about ten minutes here. Yeah, yeah. So Southampton are going down. They went. Uh, they lost today. They need to win all three games and hope everyone loses. Essentially, for them to stay up, mm-hmm. uh, like their maximum, they need to be at. They'll be at thirty-three points max, and that is essentially the bottom 
of like the essentially all these teams. Yeah. At 17. And so problem. That's pretty much it for them. Um, so now we're down to four teams, I would say, legitimately. You've got four teams for two spots. For two spots. You've got Everton, Nottingham Forest, Leicester City, and Leeds. Those are the four teams at this point. Leeds had a valiant effort against Manchester City. It looks like the Sam Allardyce thing might work. Might be enough. If you're Leicester, you're, I, if I'm Leicester, I'm shaking my boots right now. Yeah. I'm I, a little worried. And I'm, if I'm Leeds, I'm also a little worried, too. Because the thing is, is if this, there's something about this Nottingham Forest team that... Damn, they're not very good to me. I don't think they're incredibly all that great. Like they're not I, good. They're very bad. They, but the thing is, is that they have enough talent to possibly get a couple more points and stay up. It's yeah. definitely West Ham are safe. This is the other thing too. Yeah, this West, is just, West Ham's very safe. West Ham's safe at this point. They won yesterday. Pretty much it. Um, Leicester City and Leeds. It just feels that both of these teams. And I wonder what um, what kind of games we have left for these teams at this point, um, and what's going to happen. So, um, Leeds is at thirty, Leicester at thirty, Everton at thirty-two, and Nottingham Forest at thirty-three. With three games to go for all of them, yep. I do believe Leeds plays. One of them at the end of the year, don't they? Mm-hmm. So here, are the, I know here, they have a tough run of form. They have Newcastle next week, which so they're going to try and put them to the sword. I think after last week, yeah. So this is Nottingham Forest, Chelsea. They go to Chelsea, they host Arsenal, they go to Crystal Palace. So two away games. They got to go. They play three London teams in the last three weeks, mm-hmm. and Crystal Palace has been pretty good. They might have their foot off the gas by that point, but. Nothing Chelsea, to play for for Crystal Palace anymore. And Chelsea, like, who knows what Chelsea will show up that day. <laughs> and Arsenal is going to uh, want to run riot on Nottingham Force because, yeah. um, you know, uh, let's see. who Arsenal do... has, every, or, yeah, has everything to play for. Yeah. I mean, they have everything. It's like everything. Yeah. And then let's see. Uh, Everton. Everton play. Man City. They host Man City. <sighs> City is going to win every game at the end of the year. You they know go that, to Wolves, right? and they host uh, Bournemouth in the final match of the season. Who and Bournemouth are in a dead? That's a dead rubber for uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth don't care anymore, anymore, baby. They can lose every game the rest of the year. They're they got thirty nine. They're safe. Yeah, and if I'm the thing is, it's like here's the thing: that win against Brighton, that five one win, could give them the motivation to some. I'm not saying that Man City are going to drop this game, but it would be. It would be very, very interesting that Everton beat both Man City and Arsenal at home right? in this season that they've struggled so mightily in. And if they win this game it's against belief. Man City, yeah, if they beat this, if they beat Man City, to me, they're staying up. Yeah. To me, that's like, oh, yeah. You, like, they'll be, uh, they think they'll be at 35 points, and I feel like that's going to be enough because I think 34 is reg- relegation this year. At this very point. well could be. Yeah. I think, you know, like to me, it feels like 34 is going to be. The, the relegation stopping point. And um and then there's Leicester. Oh man, Leicester. I, I mean I think Leicester's dead, man. I I think they're Liverpool. They host Liverpool, Newcastle and Liverpool West Ham. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. So the West Ham match is the only one that like the team conceivably really doesn't could care. win yeah. that game. Cause cause Liverpool and Newcastle are fighting for that Champions League spot with mm-hmm. with United and 
Man. They're not gonna let, let uh, be yeah tread lightly on that team. And West Ham no. too could still be like in that position to fight for they if they win their conference league, you Europa Conference League games, yep. they're gonna be in the final, and so yep. they're gonna be playing for something still at that point. Yep, and maybe and they're at a high level. They'll be playing games that matter, which yep. which I agree in every sport does matter. I think like having to win, yeah for something raises the level of your team right across the board. See Leeds have this also have the same issue, right? So Leeds play Newcastle. They go they they host Newcastle, which will be a thing you talked about that. And then it's West Ham. They go to West Ham and then they host Tottenham in the final game. Now, it could literally come down to that final game yeah, beat, and beat, win, Tottenham. beat Tottenham in that final game of the season. That's all, if they do it, they find out somehow do it and they stay up by based on goal difference or something like that. Then <laughs> this is a thing too if you're Nottingham Forest, right? Mm-hmm. You could be safe at 33. Yeah. But I wouldn't count on it cuz you yeah. got one of the worst goal differences in the league. Got to get a result. You got to get one more, more result. One if you more get one more you. win, I think you're 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 staying up. Like I think you get to 36, I think you're safe. So a lot of things could happen. Who knows? Maybe Leicester won two of the next three games. Like, who knows at this point? And I love this. This is why I, I love this. This is like... I I hope it's Newcastle and Liverpool. That would be fun. Oh and then they lose God. to West Ham. <laughs> and imagine going down after losing to West Ham in the final game of the season. Oh, my goodness. Be amazing. So who goes down? We know Southampton are essentially relegated. Southampton, Leicester, and Everton. You think Everton are still going to go down? Yes. I think it's Southampton, Leicester... I hate to say this because I really love when they're up in the Premier League. It's going to be Leeds. I, it's, it's it to me. I think Everton are staying up, and I think it's either between Leeds and Leeds and Nottingham Forest because Nottingham Forest they lose their three games. They could go down just because their goal difference is yeah. so poor. And uh, this is this is what could happen is like they could end up on thirty three points, and Everton end up on thirty three points, and they're both in in that eight seventeen eighteen position and Everton stay up because they just they they weren't that bad all season. Yeah. They were poor, but they weren't so bad that they like they're only like a minus fifth thirteen in goal difference or something like that. They're not that poor, I don't think. Who, Everton? Yeah. No, they're minus twenty one. Well, they're still like eight or nine ahead of um They so their problem is they can't score. They they haven't been scored on a ton. It's fifty three, which isn't great, but it's it's better than um, but they've only scored 32 goals this season. Leeds have scored 44 goals. Leicester have scored 49. It's just how bad they've been defensively. I mean, they yeah. gave up five goals today. You give up yeah. five goals. You can't, you can't, like, and their problem has been in the goal. Like, cash, losing, losing cash for Smigel has been one of the worst things to happen to them. Right. Well, he also was the heart and soul of that club at that at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leeds doesn't deserve to stay up, but they have enough talent and just enough chaos in them with Big Sam that I think they can still do it. I think we should wrap this one up though. You think so? We can go uh we can go, you know, have a brew or something. A brew. You know, yeah, not not fight anymore. Shake hands. We can shake hands. I'll look it. That's weird, isn't it? I just said something very strange. Yeah, my response was going to be worse. So what was it? It's oh, time oh, to I wrap mean, it up. <laughs> what are you going to have in your hands, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> that has been one for one studio <laughs> and the coffee house. As always, I'm Ryan Whiting. I didn't get to do this at the beginning, so we're doing it at the end. All hail the trash fire! All hail the trash fire! Thank you so much for listening. And I believe we talked about this before. I'm going to say this at the end here. We are going to go on a brief hiatus in the summertime. We will have some transfer stuff, but we're going to... 
be doing some work on making sure that this becomes a more permanent thing and more videoed thing, I think. Yep. We're going to start Vide- taking Videos and step. articles. Yeah, we're going to start making this like a full-time thing for, or as, as much as we can, uh, because we love this and we're hoping to make it a little bit more sustainable for ourselves. So if, if we, we will let you know when we're going on hiatus, we will give a, a whole send-off. Yep. Maybe we'll do our, uh, we'll do like our, studio 141 awards yeah we could do that yeah that'd be fun the uh the the dun the well yeah the dundies of, the of dundies. The, yeah. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come up with something um oh the other thing is too um i think i think part of this too we're gonna quickly say this we are going to start patreon we're gonna start all these things to make sure that we can really kind of start building um things for ourselves so that we can um create uh, an environment in which we can do this more readily for everyone. Um, and we want to. And so I think part of this process is to reach out and to receive some some help across the board from everyone and anyone that is willing to give us this help um, to make this reality. And um, I think we're going to try and do some more interactive stuff where we can where you can actually talk to us on the Internet. I want to do a mailbag at some point we should do that yeah, yeah. and like i i realized too the other thing is uh we've got twitch and discord and all those things that we really well we don't right now but, but we're, we but will we're going be part to. of in yeah. the very very near future um but yes thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being part of this 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 wild journey as we continue on and um we'll see you soon i'll hail the trash fire i'll hail the trash fire goodbye goodbye